Hey, Maggie. Hey, Anna. How's it going? It has been so long. Too long. And now we have made up for it with these awesome guests. Yeah, we have amazing guests. We have Nita Junivanzo, who, as you know, friends of the pod, uh, is from Dog Star Theater Company, and they are doing a production in the next... A uh, week to 10 days called mm-hmm. Intimate Constellations. Right. And it's sort of a cabaret, but just sort of a open theater atmosphere in which you go and you see skits and yeah. monologues and music and you drink wine. And that's going to be at SBCast. So we have her on. She's the director. Yep. And selling out right now. Yeah. So, so definitely okay. get your tickets. And we have. Nathaniel Gray, who you may have found online. He has made a huge presence for himself in the Santa Barbara community since he moved here a couple of years ago. And we will be talking about his book, The Santa Barbara Project, in which he has taken a number of amazing portrait photographs. And then people write their story. And he's really trying to find the uh, the heartbeat mm-hmm. of the community. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we'll be talking to him about his book. An intriguing book and uh, some really poignant Local stories Absolutely. of Santa Barbara from the mudslides to, I mean, just really Yeah, the homeless stuff. community, the transgender homeless, community, transgender, yeah. like a lot of... Yeah, not the Santa Barbara that they send out through the Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, right? not the postcard Santa Barbara, but the real Santa Barbara. All right, let's get to it. Let's do it. You know what I'm really into right now, Anna? No. True crime. But let's not talk about that. <laughs> Let's move on and let's talk to Nita Junivanzo, who is here with us today to yes. talk about her upcoming presentation with her company, Dog Star Theater Company. Welcome, Nita. Thank you so much. Excited Hi. to be here as always. Good. Thank you. So, okay, this is called in- Intimate Constellations, yes. right? Am I getting this right? You are. And this is uh, a number of different performers, a number of different types of performances. So this is kind of uh, not your typical theater presentation, but it's sort of a, a night of performance and in, in sort of a cabaret style, mm-hmm. I guess. So. Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, so in the production, I've got Ivy Vahanian. Mm-hmm. Justin Devonzo, Bill mm-hmm. Egan, Matt Cooper are my main actors, along oh, okay. with Vicky Finlayson. And they oh, yeah. each play th- two to three different characters. Mm. Um, and I have three different one acts, mm-hmm. all of which I had never heard of before. Oh, where'd you find um, them? I did a lot of reading. Oh, okay. oh just straight up research. <laughs> I like that. Didn't even like, didn't even like send out the lazy like Facebook ask of like, uh-huh. I need three really good one acts. Right. <laughs> she just read, you guys. Just red plays so did. and it was so frustrating that yeah. facebook ask would have been so much easier <laughs> oh did i just give you a bad idea of how to be lazy in the future don't do so it what Nita. did you end up picking so i chose arthur miller's last yankee okay okay um which is set in 1970s and it's two husbands who find themselves sitting in a waiting room of a mental ward they both just put their wives (gasps) into this uh, mental ward and so they're having a conversation about that and um, it gets into class differences Mm -hmm. and um, that's I was blown away by that and I was also like how have I never read this one or heard of this Mm -hmm. one Um, and then I chose I found a Tennessee Williams one act called Something Unspoken Hmm. about a lesbian couple who knew Tennessee Williams wrote a one act about a lesbian couple? Way to um, go. Yeah. Ten we. Ten we. Um, and it's set in the South. Mm, often, of course, as you know, mm-hmm. sure, and it's got these somewhat <laughs> these overtones. It's set in Yosemite. <laughs> it's got a we, John Muir we're theme. We're doing it's got it a cowboy in, theme. in Antarctica, though. <laughs> yeah. In our production, I'm we're sorry, setting I'm it sorry. in space. 
ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Um, and it is, it's somewhat autobiographical because of his relationship. I can't remember the man who he was in yeah, relationship Robert, with, but yeah. who kind of like it got muddy because he was in a relationship, but also worked with him. Mm-hmm. So it's somewhat um, based on his life in that capacity. Although okay. it's two women. M- most of, I yeah. mean, a lot of his sh- right. stuff is. Are. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's interesting though. I have not heard of this. I have not heard of either of this. Yeah. yeah. And then trifles, I'm sure you've heard of. Um, Susan Glassbill's trifles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that one jumped out at me just because it fit in with this theme of I, I wanted to look, choose one X and find one X that had, um, we're really looking at gender roles and at, um, you know, how men and women see each other and how men and women don't see each other mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in relationship. And there's a lot of different relevancies within these different one acts and then interwoven with that are um five different monologues of just in individuals and about their relationships mm. with themselves that kind of tie on some different themes within the one acts too sure yeah. yeah and are the monologues um from authors and from plays or are they from original? plays yeah okay yeah cool. um so a wide variety of those yeah huh. and we're all over sb cast so you have to get up oh, the and down and sit oh yeah, that's fun that's yeah. fun that's a fun way to do it sb yes. cast for people who have not been there should definitely go check it out it's uh artists in residence and it's kind of a it's a gallery space it's a performance space uh it's a workshop it's space. a workshop space yeah. they have have you seen their sewing machines there? No. They have like several of them that what? are like nailed to part of the table. It's like those old school ones yeah. that like, yeah, incredible. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah, became obsessed. Yeah. It was also right next to the bar. And I was like, I found my people, you guys. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah. But it's a beautiful space. So it this is. is where these performances are going to take place. So right. you basically, what you're saying is they're going to be all over the place yep. and you kind of have to do a little treasure hunt to right. find it. Exactly. I That's like the it. treasure hunt there. Yeah, I wanted to get away from... Just the same old, same old sitting in a dark theater yeah. and then you watch and then you leave. Um, yeah. just to, which I love, you know, I mean, like I'm in theater. That's what I do. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But at the same time, like I want the audience to engage and talk with each other more. So the audience is limited to 20 people per night. Okay. So it is intimate. Um, yeah. and the spaces are fairly small. You know, I mean, yeah. you're like right up there with actors, right. um, and hoping that they're, you know, people will kind of form their own little, community that evening um yeah i'm you know lubricating their conversation skills with wine prior of course it's included in your ticket price so (laughs) as all wine should be and as all tickets should be (laughs) right right um so what prompted this like where how did you get this idea because you've done a number of well two or three now um full-length yeah plays yeah you know normal uh not normal but like general theater <laughs> locations center stage it's a black box right so what 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 how'd you get here so last year i directed uh three tall women and i, I had actually originally looked at sb cast to do that mm. and was looking at possibly doing that in a really really different way almost mm-hmm. as like the women in one of these gallery spaces, one of the gallery spaces, the doors open on both sides oh. and having the audience almost like look into this room oh. kind of in a heuristic fashion and do, doing something around that. Um, but then I couldn't get the rights in time. And oh, then, of no. course, I ended up, Bonnie and Ken of Drama Dogs came along and said, hey, come and do it. with. We'll collaborate and do something at Center Stage together. So that kind of planted the initial seed for doing something at SBCast. Um, I think also... <laughs> 
<laughs> which I laugh. I'm like, I, th- I think I was like, well, you know, I want to do something that's, um, you know, something in the spring, but that's going to be a little lighter, a little easier. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It never happens that No. Way. And so I'm like, yeah, not. Comedy. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's just as big of a production as anything yeah, else is. I think another piece of it too was I'm looking for a way for our theater company, for Dogstar, and for all theater companies to actually be able to make some money. Oh, what oh. a concept. Um, With and 20, 20 seats, though, that's got to be, yeah. Well, SBCast is very, very, very affordable. Okay. Yeah. I love hearing that because, yeah. you know what, I have noticed a trend in that people are moving away uh, from the traditional theater spaces yeah. and, you know, trying to do these uh, sort of more intimate uh, more sensory mm-hmm. orient- oriented uh, productions. And it's a whole new level of uh, sort of a change in your comfort sphere, which I find really totally. fascinating. And the people who are willing to do it and the people who are really willing to get into it, like it's a whole different experience than sitting in the dark and, yeah. you know, having the light on someone else for your entertainment. Like, you right. have to be part of it in these right. sorts of things. But yeah, I well, you're very off. revealed. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. As an, you know, and that's how theater was for so long. And I think it amplified, I mean, and when I say by so for so long, I mean just a couple millennia, you know, <laughs> right. over 2,000 years. So it, <laughs> uh, it, it, in our darkened theater space, we, d- we kind of exclude the audience a bit, you know, Kind of, yeah. But when when they're visible, when they're lit, when they're part of it, they're gonna interact with what's happening on stage. I think in a different way, right? So you have yet to right. see that because you're still rehearsing. Well, we had um, a preview last night for oh. First Thursdays. So oh, good. We just did trifles actually two times, mm-hmm. um, and it was packed in there. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I said oh, twenty, good. and then it was like. everybody was in there and the feedback well i think it was also interesting too because i think the people who came in weren't necessarily coming for this they weren't coming for the theater they're coming just to to sb cast and be at the art and do the you know the first thursdays thing and i always think that's great when people who don't usually go see theater see theater and they were like wow that was amazing they were right there they were so in character and i could touch them and ha like (laughs) so it was really um yeah. There was a lot of enthusiasm from people cool. last night, so that's that was really that's fun. Great. Yeah, yeah, do a little teaser. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a good um, play too, Trifles. I really, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I like it too. She was a journalist, Maggie Susan Glassman. Really? Yeah. Hmm. That's and why this the, was. And that's this, why the writing is good. Duh. <laughs> and it, that uh, Trifles was based on a case that she covered. Right. Oh, a murder case. Yeah. yeah. So oh. uh, true. You uh, said you like true crime. True crime. I do love true crime. Trifles uh, is true crime. Trifles. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, back when women couldn't sit on juries, even. Yeah, yeah. Tell me more. Well, maybe. Uh, sure. I mean, maybe Nina both would of like you. To. Everyone, tell me more. I want to hear <laughs> more about this, it's and I don't like, care where it comes from. So, the the story in broad strokes is there's been there's a death, and it's being investigated, and it's a this husband man died, and. Um, the men come in and they're like, oh, well, he did this and that's why he's dead. And the women are like, hmm, but what yeah. about Well, and also, <laughs> key, key point is that the the men the day before 
had come in to find the wife just sitting there rocking in her chair. Oh. And they were like, hey, uh, where's where's Mr. Wright? And she's like, upstairs. His name is Mr. Wright. Mr. Wright. Um, he's very Mr. Oh, wrong. Um, but, and she says, wrong. she says, upstairs. And he says, well, can he come down? And she says, no. And oh, then, then girl, they're like, guilty. why not? And he, she says, he's dead. Oh. And he's been strangled. And this all takes place within like the five first yeah, five minutes. So it's short. not I'm not I'm not uh, giving anything away here. <laughs> so he's been strangled in bed. Oh. So we're like, huh. Who did this and why? Oh, um have so, so many thoughts based on like yeah. just based on all the terrible documentaries that I watch in the world. My first thought yeah. is the wife, but then I ask, does she have the upper body strength to really strangle huh. a man well, in bed? Well, you'll have to see it. You I mean, will have to, to, you'll have to see it to find out. Yeah. But I think the historical context is so interesting yeah. because it was, I mean, in a way things have changed and that of course women sit on juries now, but uh, the idea that there is a structural examination of, of, of power and crime that is, centered on male agency and on women's submissiveness right. is is yeah. all over that play yeah and, and her short story that she wrote even yeah. and one little detail um in that play is that the woman who's uh, rocking in the rocking chair yeah and yeah she's she's made this log cabin quilt so as a seamstress you'll appreciate this so um in the middle of do you know a log cabin quilts that um it's like li- long rectangles that sort of look like a log cabin yeah yeah and then in the center there's traditionally a red oh yeah uh, square yeah 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 so that's supposed to symbolize the hearth like the heart of the oh, home yeah, sure and then these little so in in these times of deep poverty, which is when trifles is set, yeah. a log cabin quilt is the demands the most labor from the quilter mm. because it's these thin strips, but it's also the most economical. And and that mm. play interrogates the economics of this family situation. So she's like both incredibly thrifty to have taken like these little strips of fabric and crafted a quilt from them. Right. Um, but I think like the idea of the home is yeah. is under examination in this play. Mm, yep. And so it's kind of a betrayal. And it's sort of about how we witness other people's pain and right. ignore it. Right. Sorry, I'm just yeah, telling completely. you what your place was. <laughs> Sorry. No, well, I so appreciate it because you're the, you are the dramaturg and you know, well, I actually didn't know that, that uh, history about the, the log cabin quilt. That's I mean, really that, that was the, the economical, yeah, you know, I the think, most. I think that had more had symbolism no to the people who were reading yeah. that yeah. back yeah. in the day. That's interesting. Yeah. They would know what that meant, right? And, and that, that she it's chose that. A, yeah, and yeah. that it's a way to like it, it's also kind of craftsmanship and poverty yeah. signified in one yep. image. We don't quilt that way anymore. No, no. no. I no, have a super machine wonderful. that does it for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. I didn't know you could do quilting machines. Interesting. <laughs> Not false. <laughs> well, what? So tell me. So you've got a bunch of these. You know, are those plays every night, or are you doing a mm. different iteration every? So we're doing the that, same, the same okay, order same every lineup. night. Yep, okay. same lineup every night, and um, it's trifles, monologues, uh, last Yankee monologues, something unspoken. Mm. Um, and so the I think the uh, the l- first trifles is the longest; it's about thirty minutes. Okay. Um, and so the whole show is about an hour thirty-five, hour forty. Mm. You're up and down and around. Um, That's great, and 
for me, you know, I'm 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 at the point. I think as the director gets to of like, what are, what is the audience going to think about these things, about these things, you know, these stories that I've curated together in such a fashion that they interested me. I'm aware of the themes that I think are connected and are kind of highlighted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. But what are other people going to think about that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm, um, I'm happy to be doing something different too. Um, I kind of head on. Yeah. That that uh, way of <laughs> a new direction, um, uh, you know. We're we're going to be at center stage in October. Oh, but what do right you do? now, what do you, can I you don't sh- know oh, yet. You don't know I, I know I've got yet. a couple different things. Oh. You know, everybody's like Sam Shepard, Sam Shepard, because yeah, yeah. Sam he, Shepherd, died. Cause he died. Yeah. He died. Yeah, yeah. yeah he did. Um, so that's there. <laughs> of course, that's what Justin's pushing for because he's you know every man always that, wants to play funny. Sam yeah. Shepard. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, just thinking about the monumentality of Sam Shepard's death this afternoon. I was thinking, like, we haven't acknowledged yeah. his passing as much as we should have. You know, he's so... We important. really should be doing more gnashing of teeth and tearing of hair. A, a whole heck of a lot more of that. That's well, just, no, saying. just, like, culturally, I just feel like it was like, oh, Sam oh, Shepard died. Like, people were, like, right. as, he, as if he was an actor in a right. movie or something. Like, oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I Sorry. was going to do... <laughs> no, um, I was looking at actually doing True West all, as we're talking that. about this. Yeah. Um, Right about now, in like a warehouse type of a space, Ooh. but I couldn't get the rights because it was on Broadway. Oh, right. So I, think damn you, Broadway. Be, I know, I know. Um, or I know how to pick them. I'm like, ooh, because it's the same thing <laughs> I know, with three right? tall three women. Tall I was women. like, ah, yeah. damn it. <laughs> Re- they're being revived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's maybe a possibility. We'll see. Well, this Liquid is going to be jets. this is going to be really jets, exciting. Yeah. So O'Neal? give us your give us your dates. Yeah. Yes. So it is this Sunday. We're actually sold out this Sunday. Awesome. Um, and then it's Thursday, May 9th, Friday the tenth, Saturday the eleventh, and Sunday the twelfth. All at SBCast. You can go on Eventbrite.com and search for Intimate Constellations, or you can go on DogstarTheater.org um, and get your tickets that way too. Fantastic! Yeah, yeah. I love a I Sounds love like a fun. You need to get them fast. Yeah, I love a, those twenty. Tickets. I know. Yeah, I get them and for wine. sure. And yeah, it's, a, it's fun. Interactive and it's good theater. wine too. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, it's good. 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 Yeah, I've got I've got friends <laughs> in the wine business that I'm oh, like okay. oh, I feel Working. ever so grateful. Love mm, it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, this is fantastic. This is the sort of immersive theater that you get in New York that you don't get yeah. here, but now True. you do. Yeah. So definitely American awesome. classics there. Yeah. Yeah. Check it fantastic. out. Fantastic. Well, I yeah. love it. Well, thanks for being on the pod again, yeah. friends of the pod. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Always Lovely a treat. to see you, and I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. Yay. Bye. Bye. Anna, darling. Tell me what the first thing that you did when you moved to Santa Barbara was. Oh, I my first image memory is seeing burned couches in Isla Vista. Oh, and I was classic. terrified. I that's, thought I was moving to Beirut or something. That's a classic, actually. <laughs> yes. It's a lot of people. Yeah. Mine was seeing the hills on fire. Also oh, a classic. Also burning. Also burning. Right. Lots of we burning. are a town of many embers. And we have a little ember here. Don't oh, we? hello, Nathaniel. We have Nathaniel Gray with us today. Uh, that was the best intro ever. <laughs> You're welcome. So, Nathaniel Gray, the photographer and artist, tell me the first thing that you did when you got to Santa Barbara. I took 500 strangers and took their photos and sat with them and listened to their incredible stories. Tell me more. Oh, he'll tell you more. <laughs> no, where did this idea begin? Because you have really have. I mean, he moved to town. He from met, where? From where? Did where did you, you come from? Well, before this, I was actually in my hometown of Salt Lake City, Utah. Okay. Which okay. is about the most boring place you could ever imagine. And so, when I came here, I heard over and over and over and over 
paradise. Mm. One of my favorite words. This is paradise. This is the most beautiful place. And I was like, well, you know, my opinion of beauty might be a little bit different. So I wanted to see what actually people were saying when they were saying Mm. paradise. Was it what it looked like? Was it the swaying trees and the beautiful beaches? Or was it the people? So I'm always in the underbelief or the belief that people make incredible cities. Sure. So that's kind of what I sought after was to go to each one of the fine lines of people through threads and mm-hmm. say, this person has to be here or it wouldn't be a paradise. Mm. So that kind of put it into motion. So what did when you got here, did you feel was there anything about you that was like, yes, I agree with paradise or no, I strongly disagree. Like what was your initial intake of the town? Well, I think that the hardest thing at the beginning was people are really protective of Santa Barbara. And so from not being from here at all and yeah. having no family ties, never even actually even been this area. The closest is San Francisco and L.A. that I've ever been here. So who am I to step in and say what is and what isn't? Mm-hmm. So that's when I kind of started to reach out to the community via Facebook or face to face and asking them, who would you like to see in the book? Who tells the best story of Santa Barbara? Then I, that drove it all the way back to, you know, the Shumash tribe and to right. local mm-hmm. you know politicians and to local celebrities or whatever it might have been to be able to tell the story. So that's so after, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you've got how many portraits in this book, the Santa Barbara story? Yeah, I need like two hundred and ninety-two. Okay, I mean that. Actually, oh, sorry, let me take back one hundred and ninety-two. One hundred and ninety-two. Okay, still, I mean, it's still, it's still a lot of. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of physical work. How long did it take you to find the people, take their portrait? The cool. That was the coolest part, and I actually really wish I still was doing it. There was. I felt like I went through a withdrawal when I stopped. Because I got so mm-hmm. used to it. I would be home and I would do interviews every hour on the hour talking to people from all over, like I said. So it would be a lot of phone calls. It would be a lot of sitting and meeting. And I thought, what a cool thing for someone who's so introverted and so shy to be able to sit with people who might be really typically intimidating to me mm-hmm. to be able to hear what they are. But everyone just stepped through in this very vulnerable way. Hmm. No one really put up a lot of walls in front of me. They kind of knew what my mission was. And so when I say, you know, tell me a little bit about your life. They would just tell me some of their most darkest things that even their family doesn't know. Wow. And then would you be willing to be able to put that into a book for everyone to be able to see and to read? Yes, I totally would. Wow. So that was a beautiful part. It took a better part of a year and a half of interviews to kind of dial it down. Because then you say it, who's the best bartender? We'll say, for example, my Facebook would light up with hundreds and hundreds of comments, you know? <laughs> sure. And then those people would reach out to me and then I'd reach out to them and set up the appointments and then... The phone call, that's what it was. So, oh, you ended up interviewing like 500 and something people and then ended up with a close to 200 people because that's how many people wanted to fall off. Yes, it's a great idea. I would love to participate, but I can't be that vulnerable for everyone to mm-hmm. read. Right. So it kind of naturally just, you know, yeah. selected itself Found down to number. the 200. Yeah. yeah. Did you, so how many people did you reach out to and how many people declined, <sighs> were not comfortable with I, this? I have no idea okay. what the, the amount of people that we reached out to, thousands. Really? That that, wow. It was just such wow. a tremendous amount of people. You know, then, then to narrow that down to the 500 that we actually talked to, then narrow that down to the 200 people that actually participated in it. So, I noticed from my look at your images, which uh, everyone should see by looking at the book, what is, what is the title of the book? It's called Santa Barbara Project. Santa Barbara Project. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the photographs have a similar composition. You take your subjects and you put them in a kind of a extreme close-up, mm-hmm. I guess. And so you're really looking at the face mm-hmm. of face of the person. The body is erased, right? Mm-hmm. And w- what made you choose that? Because uh, 
There's a very iconic photographer, Irving Penn, who mm. did a series of very famous series of images of people. And he kept them in the exact same composition in the same studio, in the same studio setup. And he always depicted them with the iconic kind of dress of their trade. So, oh, yeah. you know, they'd bring in their, you know, wrenches and things like that. And, but, but this is different to me because it focuses on the face, which is a great equalizer. Mm -hmm. I, I know you mentioned earlier you had rich and poor and mm -hmm. kind of everywhere in the middle. So tell me about that choice to focus on the face. It was cool because Maggie was the very first person in the book. Hello. And Hello. when we... <laughs> When we reached out to her, her and I met at the park <laughs> down from her house. First, I asked you if legit you were going to murder me and you were like, I'm not. And I, I was like, that's cool. I'm going to bring a knife. But <laughs> if you're fine with that, then I'm fine with it. That's fine with me. Everything's fine. Everything is fine. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I met you and you were not murderous. And nope. I was happy about that. Not that day. It was Wednesday. So <laughs> yeah, that's not Tuesday your murdering murder day. day. <laughs> <laughs> so she showed up with her keyboard because I want to take photos of her being a journalist. Full typewriter. Right. Full in a case. Oh. And so we sat at the bench and then we sat around and took photos of her, which are awesome because her hair was incredible that day too. And she had a big wig on. Oh, yeah. And they were color, full, everything just panned out, her just kind of sitting and working. And they didn't do it. I went and shot a few other people in natural environments. Right. So it was like iconic people in iconic places. Yeah. That will tell the story of Santa Barbara in right. my mind because that's what I've mm -hmm. seen through all the other books is you have to be in iconic areas for people mm -hmm. to understand it. But then you go to the library or to Chaucer's books and you look under Santa Barbara, there's like 500 books that are almost that same yeah. type of thing. The sure. locations, the paradises and whatnot. Right. So over That's time, what I think people are trying to sell, right? right? And I feel like yeah. you're not trying to sell anything. No, I'm not trying to sell anything. Yeah. I just want to be able to people to be able to express themselves that way. So over time, I would say probably through about four or five months of working, it slowly transformed into what it was. So black room, one ring light, and then yeah. just black black backdrop, like I said. Yeah. And really, really close yeah. to the people yeah. under the, the, the conversation of please, if you can, don't wear makeup. Don't come dressed up too much. I'm not worried about what your looks are. If you're going to show up in your yoga clothes with your hair back, if that's how you naturally look every day, let's tell the real story. Yeah. And I took a lot of, you know, because people are scared of their pores and their scars <laughs> and whatever it might be. So I, it took I, a little on the other talking. hand, am too lazy to put on makeup ever. So I just look like this. Let's talk. And, <laughs> and I, on the other hand, wore full false eyelashes, uh -huh. uh, yeah. like Game of Thrones corset, yeah. a Beyonce awesome. wig, well, and you, like though. fake flowers in my but, hair. But the real you is fake. So well, that's true. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It's true. My whole persona is invented. <laughs> so it was perfect. It was actually like the full photo of the real me, which is yeah, a fake version into, of hey, Maggie, me. Smear your lipstick all over your oh, face. Yeah, I and do. Then yeah. Was... yeah, that's amazing. No, it, does, it looks like so two o'clock in the morning after a bachelorette party. It's great. And oh, I'm the one being paid to entertain. Can, it's fantastic. Okay, and then I tell love me, it. I sounds great. I actually have not seen this image, and I'm really curious now. Uh, <laughs> and tell me more about the choice to include their own words, because mm. I mean, there, there is a strong historical precedent in photography mm. of you know that kind of mixture of the image and the writing, but it's usually kept in the purview of an author mm -hmm. rather than giving letting the subject speak you know 
letting the portrait subject speak so that the authorship is usually maintained by another human. That's true. I mean, and I wonder if that is historically from the publishing company or from the photographer's point of view or like what what are they trying to control in that? I mean, I mean, it has to I would imagine it has to do with, uh, you know, relating the words to the image. And if the words don't match like the photographer's vision of what the image is saying. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah. Tell us about that. We did with the interviews. I need you to be able to write 1,000 words or less about whatever it is you want to tell me. And then it has to kind of match that image. Mm. So they would submit their stories to me first, and I would have their stories with me when I was getting ready to photograph them. And then we would try to get to that point where they actually looked it. Because, I mean, how bizarre would it be if I was telling you a story about, I don't know, myself being raped, but then I was smiling. Yeah. So we tried to make sure that when we were sitting with people, they were telling a very authentic story to the actual story end of it. I decided to take, let them do it. I mean, for one, to be totally Mm -hmm. transparent. I'm dyslexic as crazy can get. (laughs) So you don't want me writing a story about you. It would look very confusing. So I I wanted people to be able to tell their truth without my words being put into it, without my emotions, because that would make it too muddy and too mixed up. Sure. And it came out awesome, but it also came out in kind of a nightmare, too, because there was a lot yeah, of liability issues we had oh, to deal liability. with and still am dealing with, too. So it's a lot of work. So you started with an ebook. Uh-huh. Well, you started with the idea of a cardcover. Uh-huh. And then you put out an ebook, mm-hmm. uh, which I bought a copy of. It's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. I definitely recommend it. It's a lot of uh, amazing stories of very varied people throughout Santa Barbara. But tell us about like the hard business aspect of this. Oh, yeah, that's not that's not the fun conversation of it. But I'll start it with the Santa Barbara project is definitely a success. In my mind and what it did to the community is exactly what I wanted it to be to say that it was successful. It helped open up a lot of doors. It touched a lot of people's hearts. It gave them the opportunity to be able to express themselves to their friends, to their family from all over it was. The ebook was very successful in the sense that it was available for anyone. I mean, because we all have digital devices nowadays, so we can mm-hmm. download whatever. Yeah. The hardbound book was always kind of something in my mind. Like, I think it was more greedy for me. Like, I want to have my own book. And here yeah. it is. It's this massive, object. beautiful yeah. thing. Sure, yeah. But no one could afford it because the things were going to end up becoming, you know, 80 to $90 a piece. And that would have broke it down. So the majority of the people in the book wouldn't even be able to afford the book, which yeah. I thought was kind of And that's 80 to $90 to just to per book for production that's yeah. not even you know so all of a sudden you have this 200 dollar book right. right yeah which i do i agree with you conceptually it it cuts against this idea of uh equality through just people's portraits mm-hmm. regardless of where they are so i think that the ebook is a good choice yeah I mean, and you know it was it was sad too when i had to announce that last week that yeah. i decided to step away from the production of an end of the hardbound book because it was just turning into a nightmare and it was really sad and it was hundreds and hundreds of comments and messages all over. Very, you know, people very sad that they were, you know, weren't going to be able to have the hardbound book. But at the same time, very grateful to be a part of it. Very grateful to be in Santa Barbara and to hear these stories of their neighbors who they may not know. Yeah. So again, in that aspect, it, it turned out to be more, I mean, like I reverting back to the beginning of the conversation. I don't, I don't know anyone here. And then to be able to step in and just say, I want to create a mm-hmm. book about Santa yeah. Barbara the way that mm-hmm. I see it should be. And then how much that opened up the doors to not only the nonprofits, but the businesses, to the individual people. That, to me, is the most incredible thing you could ever kind of pursue, especially as a photographer. And tell me about uh, sort of the range of people that you that you photograph, because I know that you really made an effort to dig into the homeless community that mm-hmm. we have here yeah. and tell their stories, uh, you know, really making them 
giving them an identity. Yeah, I went after marginalized communities in any way possible or marginalized people, I guess you could say. Anyone mm-hmm. that it was all over the media of being kind of bashed you know, or made, made to feel or made to look like less of a human than someone else. I always try to really fight against the bullies, you know, yeah. as well. So I always want to showcase people in a very beautiful way the exact same way as the next picture. Black background, rings in their eyes, and very close and personal. So that way it's telling the story and no one's different. They're all the same tone. They're all the same mm-hmm. color. It's more of eccentric on their eyes to be able to look into it. So I went from, you know, people who were stuck in sex trafficking, which was the big part that I wanted to work mm. on first, to the homeless population, to people who were dealing with, you know, racism in Santa Barbara and so on and so mm. forth. And then at the end of it, I kind of made it so it was a little bit lighter because I wanted to take on the hard work at first because I knew sure. that was going to have to where I was going to dive in and become very emotional and then move from that. So, yeah, I tried as hard as I can to cover the full range of Santa Barbara, which is mm-hmm. hard because there's close to 100,000 people in that sure. in that area. So how do you tell the story? Yeah. Well, you know, we do end up being, I think, in Santa Barbara, this sort of picture postcard, and it super distorts people's understanding. Like, I'll tell people, you know, the average salary or average income for a household here is much less than it is in Ventura. And they're like, no, mm-hmm. no. It's like, no, yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, because there are uh, a lot of rich people live here, but yeah. not a lot of people who live here are rich, you know, that, and it's hard for people to see the reality of what's, of what they're conditioned to deny mm-hmm. and what they're conditioned to kind of put blinders on. To Which it. is strange because that's the most beautiful part of Santa Barbara. In my opinion. I mean, if you sit and you talk about paradises and beautiful houses, I mean, blah. Trees. How yeah. boring. <laughs> There's yeah. so many of those. Yeah. You could from one house to another. <laughs> but the individuality of people, if you stop and walk yeah. down State Street on the times when there's not a lot of tourists here, the community's bright. It's beautiful. You just actually actually have to stop and talk to someone, which yeah. is quite nice. And yes. you can do that because even in the dead of winter, when actually most of the tourists are here, when are the tourists not here? I don't know. But the point That's is, point. the point <laughs> is, is that there are a lot of tourists here. And so there really is, I think, this demarcation between Santa Barbara as a tourist destination, as a yeah. place on the map that right. people know based on movies and TV and, you know. LA-based movies. People come up, oh, we're going up to Santa Barbara for the weekend. We're doing wine. You know, whatever. But there's also, like, (laughs) a real community of people here. Mm -hmm. And there are people with who are angry because we can't have tiny houses. And there are people who are happy because we have – what I don't know. I mean, it's just that people are living real lives here. Kids are going to high school. It's happening. And I love the fact that you came into town and like took a pulse and just decided to do that. And as a closing comment, what would you say is the story of Santa Barbara based on your time here, which is like so much pressure. Well, I'm just saying like based on the 200, 500 people you talked to, 200 portraits. Yeah. What, what do you, what would you tell people about Santa Barbara? If somebody asked that it is a beautiful place, you know, and besides, uh, it's that mixture of like, it feels intimidating to live in Santa Barbara unless you're, you know, if you're not wealthy, it mm-hmm. seems very hard. But in all actuality, it's not any different from really any other city. It's the same. I mean, as much as we like to think that everyone's different from one to another, from region to region, we're the same people. Yeah. Doing the same things. We have the same hopes and aspirations. Hmm. It's just, is a little bit different because we have a beach closer to us. Sure. And more stucco. 
Right. So much more stucco. <laughs> so much stucco. <laughs> it's a, I and really want, beautiful succulents everywhere. That's only on Maggie's porch, actually. <laughs> but I always wanted to emphasize, like, the Santa Barbara Project mission was to not deflate any bubbles. It was not meant to do anything besides just showcase Santa Barbara as yeah. being a very beautiful place through Inhabited the people. Inhabited by people. Yeah. Right. People yeah. was the thing real that's people. always missing. When you look at the books of Santa Barbara, yeah. it's missing the people. Yeah. The, right. real, <laughs> the real people. The people right. who are. The people. Yeah. No, I love it. And thank you for coming on yeah, and thanks. telling us your story. And I'm so happy and that Maggie, you're how part would, of the community. How would people look at this work? I mean, what's Tell us the, your website. Yeah. yeah. So SantaBarbaraProject.com. You can Great. get the ebook okay. on there, and fifty percent of the proceeds from the ebook go to a select few of nonprofits. That's a been a big point of mine oh. to make sure I was giving back. So you can choose what nonprofit you want the money to go back to, and the majority yes. of the ones that are on that list are actually the executive directors or an employee of that nonprofit. It's in the Santa Barbara Project. Um, you can also click up on the top. There's a little thing that says stories, and it breaks down. I think there's about thirty stories that I put up there where you can see their images and actually read the stories too. So it's kind of like a view into the ebook. But the ebook. Is mostly just um, for Apple devices right now. Mm-hmm. So pull out your iPad and download it, and it's actually quite beautiful. And then we have another one coming up that I'm working on, which is called Paradise. Mm. And it's actually how um, I've always envisioned like the Santa Barbara project to be a little bit more full body of mm. perspective of it. And actually, I was telling Maggie earlier that we're putting it so the ebook actually has motion in it. So when you open mm. it up, some of the images actually kind of move. Yeah. So uh, that's what I mean. Like it's cool to have a hardbound book. But as far as my imagination and my paradise, which is my creative mind, the book couldn't, can't keep up to what I wanted to do. So I'm just going to always keep pushing things out in a more of a digital perspective and nice. always push the level. Well, thank you so yeah. much. So that was SantaBarbaraProject.com. Mm-hmm. All spelled out, Santa yeah. Barbara. Okay, great. And we can find you, Nathaniel Gray, on Instagram and on Facebook yeah. and all of those things. Yeah. So definitely look him up. Check out his work. Thank you so much for uh, coming on our podcast. Yeah, thank you. Thank so you. Yeah. And telling us about your work. I love it. It's a great story. Mm-hmm. Bye. Maggie, let's rant. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it um, quickly. Broadway, what's up with um, there's problems. there's a man problem. There's a man problem. And I've yeah. said this for years, and you have said this for years, too. Yeah. What is the problem, according to Broadway? Um, well, according to the New York Times, they want to use the old musicals, and they recognize at some level how offensive they are Correct. to us as women, The most of the people who see these things. And let's be real to a lot of the men who are living in the modern age yeah, who are right. like, this is not how men should treat women. This All is offensive. All of the people. Right. And so they try to do a little plastic surgery on these plays. Yeah, they do a little cut and paste. And it's like, okay, that's kind of working. <sighs> kind of working. So um, tell me what your experience of that is. Well, I feel like this has really been something that people have been trying to do. And I, I love the impetus. I love the yeah. impetus. But I think that what this author in the New York Times is finding is that it's not necessarily changing the female characters. Yeah. It's the fact that the male characters as written are problematic. Right. Let, let me read what she said. Yeah. Um, she, so she's talking about um, My Fair Lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, Last year on Broadway. And oh, Tootsie. Yep, for and, some reason. Which is also out. new. And Kiss Me Kate, which Kiss is coming Kate. up on Broadway. So Kiss Me Kate, based on Tammy the Shrew, which we've talked about before. Right. Um, you know, they, they try to go like, okay, how can we rescue this? <laughs> how can we rescue musical? this from the title of right. this project? Right. <laughs> Taming of the Shrew. Yeah. It's about animal husband, you know. Yeah. It's, it's about yeah. pushing a woman into submission. How yeah. do you fix that on for a 2019 audience? Yeah. And, okay, interesting. Because, let me side note. 
I said rant. I saw rant? Showboat. Oh, mm-hmm. no. All right. We can't go into a showboat back. rant. That but, will take but, but, hours. But, 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 but. Are you familiar with Showboat? <laughs> I am so familiar with okay. Showboat. So it's been it's been filmed, uh, you know, several times. Yeah. And the most rank and offensive one is the one from the 50s. Well, that's... Right. Cl- and you look at it... Usually even, the case. Right. But you look at it even in the 90s, and it's got these, like, happy slaves working in the cotton fields. It's like, you look at it and you go, like, what were they thinking? Oh, my God. Correct. Right? Correct. And that's kind of like how we think of things like My Fair Lady or Tony the Shrew. Or, or sure. Sneaky. Anything that you're trying to like take a woman and be like, here's how you or, would oh, do no, best. Pretty woman. Oh. Exhibit A. God, and that's going to be big this year. Why are they doing Pretty Woman? What's the point because of doing that? Because everybody likes Julia Roberts. That's just why they're doing it. That's the only reason. Stage. No, she's not. But people just are like, Julia Roberts no, did that disgusting. well. It's fun. No, it is a terrible story. It's like, oh my God, I'm a hooker and now I meet Richard. Yeah. Gear and, and now, now I'm, I'm a rich not, and now I'm a rich hugger. Yeah, like no, you and crazy. everyone else in goddamn Beverly Hills. You know what they shut all your mouth. have in common? Grease, My Fair Lady, and Tootsie, and all of them. They all and it's the transformation of the woman into a man's idea of what yeah. a woman into should be. a better sex symbol yes. from a non-sex symbol into a better sex symbol and, and the problem is not the women's roles the women can still be women the problem is the fact that the man is the person with agency to change the yes, woman exactly but how can you write around that you can't write around that i know and you have to completely change the character and the best way in fact in this uh article, article. that they said the only way to do that is to basically castrate the character so, we've had a very interesting day with Nita June Devonzo of Dogstar, who go see the production, and also Nathaniel Gray of The Santa Barbara Project. Go to his website, thesantabarbaraproject.org. Also, we heard our opinions about things. Tell me more, Anna. <laughs> Closing thought. Um, why do we try to resuscitate the dead? You know, let them go away. I feel like people are really uncomfortable with death, and that's why we do that. Yeah. We're like, you know what? When I was five and I saw Kiss Me, Kate, I didn't have any great. idea about the sexism that was running rampant no, in my family, and so I loved continued. it. To be continued. To be continued. To be continued. I have more things yeah, to say Yeah, I have more things to say about this, too. No, I have a lot. Okay. Well, to be continued. Bye-bye. Bye.